0: Our New Testament passage today picks up in Revelation chapter 3, and we're going to enter into chapter 4 today. So we're going to literally deal with the last of the seven churches of Asia. Now remember, each church begins with a revelation of who Jesus is to that local church. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the Amen, the so be it. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is the so be it, Jesus is the faithful and true witness, and Jesus is the beginning of God's creation. He said, I know your works. Now you notice with each of the churches, he said, I know you. He walks among us. You you can't play games with Jesus, all right? You, You can't put on your little Facebook persona and act all holy. Jesus said, I know your works. He said, I know your works. He said, I know your accomplishments. He said, you are neither cold nor hot. He said, would that you be either cold or hot? So he said, listen, no lukewarm. No lukewarm tolerated. Now, when we start getting a hold of this no lukewarm, that's a challenge. He said, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, he said, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, Forgive me, brothers and sisters. This is a violent removal from a local church. Remember, the local church is his body, okay, his body. He said, because you're neither hot nor cold, you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, why is it that he doesn't want lukewarm believers filling the house of God? That's where all the bad stuff grows. Have you noticed you have a refrigerator and you have a stove and you either keep food cold or you get it very hot? Why? Because bacteria doesn't grow in the cold and bacteria is killed by the hot. So when it comes to spiritual bacteria, (laughs) spiritual bacteria grows in lukewarm Christians. Now, this is one of those things that you just have to get a hold of, all right? And my pen is having fun again today. So, spiritual bacteria grows in lukewarm believers. They're the most dangerous believers to have in a church, either dead cold or on fire hot. But the lukewarm, they're the most dangerous people to have in a church. That's where all the bad stuff grows. He said, "For you say, I am rich and I have prospered and I have needed nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Wow. He said, you're looking at things and go, you know what? I got all my needs met now. I've got a nice house. I've got a place to live. I've got nice clothes. I've got a nice car. But he said, you know, what you have is not who you are. Notice who you are. Okay. Notice the have and notice the are. These are two keys. Okay. And here's the thought what you have is not, is not, ah, it keeps erasing itself, is not what you are. What you have is not what you are. You may have a lot, but that's not who you are. (laughs) What you have material is not what you are spiritually. Now, you just need to get a hold of that one and just keep it in the forefront of your mind for the rest of your life. You see, it won't be long before the Philippines will be prospering again. I know last year we lost about 9.5%, 10% GDP. I know times are hard, but do you remember last January I was teaching you about, hey, you know, you have to be ready for, you have to, you have to learn to, to, to spend less, and you've got so much, and you've got foodie adventures. You know, if I would have preached this last January, you would have all looked at me and gone, no, oh, pastor, no, what you have is not what you are. And in the same way, if we're poor, that's not who we are. Let the poor say, I am rich. Okay, what you have is not what you are. Verse 18. I counsel you to buy from me from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, rich and white garments, so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. She so says, "All right, you need to get real gold and you need to get real garments, and you need to get your eyes fixed. Those are three things only God, only Jesus can do. Dress you in white garments, give you real gold, things that are real gold, and open your eyes so that you can see. He said, those whom I love, I reprove and I discipline, so be zealous and repent. It's amazing the The teachings that go around the world today, that believers never need to repent. Jesus said to repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. There is fellowship. There is relationship. The one who conquers, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, those are the messages to the seven churches. Now let's pick up at chapter 4, verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Now that would be an amazing thing to see. I've never seen that, have you? A door standing open in heaven. There was a door opened into heaven. And the first voice, first voice which I had heard speaking to me was like a trumpet and said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once, I was in the Spirit. All right, so I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on it. I just always love that verse. God's throne is not empty. You know how when Satan does his famous I wills, and I will sit enthroned upon, he wanted to sit on God's throne. Uh, The throne's not empty. (laughs) The father is seated on the throne. You know, rebels are always looking for an empty throne, (laughs) but the throne is occupied. The father is sitting on his throne. And he who sat on it had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. I'll circle that in red. Carnelian is kind of a deep red. And around the throne was a rainbow. Oh, I love that too. So, The reminder surrounds the throne. What reminder? The reminder that never again will I destroy the earth by flood. The promise that he made to Noah. The rainbow. Every time I see a rainbow in the sky, sometimes driving down the skyway and South Superhighway, you'll see a rainbow, especially over Laguna Dubai. And as you you look at the rainbow, I just always remember. Not just the covenant of Noah, but in the throne room of God. Around the throne, there's a rainbow. God reminds himself of his covenants. God puts physical reminders around himself of his covenants. And had the appearance of an emerald. And around the throne were 24 thrones. And seated on the thrones were 24 elders. So those thrones are occupied also clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. Now, can you imagine how irritating that was to Satan? He he just wanted a throne to sit on and everything's occupied. (laughs) From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were seven, were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. Now, that's one of those ones I got a question mark about. You know, I've read all the theology about, but... When I look at this and I see the pictures of heaven, I realize John with his limited human mind, and I don't say that derogatorily, John with his limited human mind is trying to describe things that are indescribable. When we get to heaven, all of this will make perfect sense. Okay, we will. Okay, I get that now. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne on each side of the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. Now, again, that's one of those things that's going to make a lot of sense when we get there and we, we, we see these four living creatures. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like an ox. The third living creature with the face of a man. And the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them had six wings and are full of eyes all around And within. Again, our brain doesn't make sense of that. But when we get to heaven, okay, I get that now. That's, that, that's a good description, John. And day and night, they never cease to say, holy, holy. <laughs> they, never, oops, they, never, ah, they never cease to say, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who is and is to come, who was and is to come. Always speaking of the eternality and the holiness of God. Sometimes you just want to sit around in your chair at night. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord who is and was and is to come. <laughs> That's what these guys are saying. And whenever the four living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, and the 24 elders fall down before him. <laughs> who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. Now notice, we just said he's worshiped for his eternality. They worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before him saying, worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. Okay. God created all things. There is no evolution. Okay? All things were created by Him. And by your will, they existed and were created. Why are there funny looking animals like elephants? Because it was God's will for there to be an elephant. Have you ever seen a platypus? I've never seen one in person. I've seen them in pictures. You talk about a weird-looking animal. A platypus is one of the weirdest-looking animals you will ever think of in your whole life. Or there's this little mole I saw a picture of one time. I've never seen one in person. I've seen real moles that when I was a boy mowing the grass. But this, the, 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 these little moles that got these, these weird mouths and things, they're some of the strangest creatures. They, they bring up some of the fish from the depths of the ocean, and you go, Wow, they got one fish that has a light that comes off with an antenna off his head and it attracts smaller fish to it and then it just eats it. I mean, you look at all the animals, they were created by his will. (laughs) It was his decision. The beauty of a horse, the beauty of a golden retriever, the gorgeousness of a German shepherd, the beauty of an eagle flying in the sky. That was God's will. All things were created. The beautiful of a flowering bougainvillea plant. That was his will to create. Sister Bev's favorite flower is a daffodil, a yellow daffodil. I didn't even know what one was, but I figured out how to send her some one day. But you can't get them in most parts of the world. I think they had them in Canada, and that was about the only place I've ever seen them. A yellow daffodil. Her mother grows them. That's why it's her favorite. God created that daffodil. My grandma Butler's favorite plant was a geranium. And even in the wintertime, she had geraniums in the window of her house. Beautiful plants. When you look around creation, and I belabor this point for a reason, when you're walking around and you see the beauty of creation, you see the beauty of clouds in the sky, you see the beauty of birds flying. I, I think of Ray Santa Ana and the pictures that he takes of all the beautiful birds. When you see those beautiful birds, have you ever seen, have you ever seen a, a Philippine eagle in person? That I have seen. Grabe talaga. It is probably the most beautiful, majestic bird, much better than a bald eagle or something like that. The, 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 the Philippine eagle is the most beautiful bird, the most regal. It was God's will to give him all that crown of feathers on his head. You just need to walk around and look at creation. And remember, God created all things by his will. It was his will, his decision that they existed and were created. Oh, we better stop there. I'm, I'm going to keep talking about it. I just love to think about the creation of God. That all of this out there was created by his will. His decision was to create that blue whale. His decision was was to create a lapu lapu. His decision was to create. a. Have you ever seen a shrimp really swim in the water? It is the funniest looking thing to watch a shrimp swim in the water. It was God's decision to make that shrimp like that. Think about it. Think of the incredible creativity of the Father sitting on the throne. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship. It was the the Holy Jesus Shine. to begin today in our Old Testament passage with the prophet Amos. Amos chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. The words of Amos, who was among the shepherds of Tekoi, which you saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, the king of Judah. So think back to when Uzziah was king. This is when, this is when Amos was prophesying. In the days of Jeroboam, when Jeroboam was king of the 10 tribes. So this is two tribes and this is the ten tribes all right two years before the earthquake Wow now one of the things you have to realize is that there are really really bad earthquakes in Israel if you go with us to Bashan it was completely destroyed by an earthquake when I walk around Jerusalem I remember that in the great tribulation, during that seven years of tribulation, there will be a huge earthquake that will literally split the city of Jerusalem into four parts. Two years before the earthquake. So this is an earthquake area. And it's also a volcanic area. The Golan Heights, those are volcanic areas. And he said, the Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. The pastures of the shepherds mourn and the top of Carmel withers, referring to the Mount Carmel. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Damascus, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they have threshed Gilead with the threshing sledges of iron. All right, so we are talking about destruction of war. Damascus... Threshed Gilead with threshing sledges of iron. So I will send a fire upon the house of Hazael, and it shall devour the strongholds of Ben-Hadad. These are the leaders of Damascus. I will break the gate bar of Damascus and cut off the inhabitants from the valley of Avon, and him who holds the scepter from beth from Eden, and the people of Syria shall go into exile to care, says the Lord. All right, so... Syria would be like the province, Damascus would be the city. This nation attacked and destroyed Israel. And God said, I will bring destruction on them. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Gaza, and for four, I will revoke the punishment because they carried into exile a whole people to deliver them to Eden. Gaza, think of the Gaza Strip. Edom, that's the land of the Edomites, descendants from Esau. So I will send fire on the wall of Gaza and it shall devour devour her strongholds. I will cut off the inhabitants from Ashdod and on him who holds the scepter of Ashkelon. And I will turn my hand against Ekron, and the remnant of the Philistines shall perish, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Tyre. Now notice we are dealing with nation states, Damascus, Syria, Gaza, now Tyre. I will revoke, not revoke the punishment, because they delivered up a whole people to Edom, and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. They were supposed to be Israel's friend. You know, it, when when you don't forget the when you forget the covenants of brotherhood, you have got a problem. All right, I mean when. This is why the Bible teaches us that when, when you repay evil for good, evil will never depart your house. There's there's challenges there. So I will send a fire upon the wall of Tyre and it shall destroy her strongholds. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Edom and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because he pursued his brother with the sword and cast off all pity and his anger tore perpetually and he kept his wrath forever. So I will send a fire upon demons and it shall destroy the strongholds of Borza. Thus says the Lord for three transgressions of the Ammonites, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they have ripped open pregnant women in Gilead that they might enlarge their border. Wow. So they killed women with babies. For personal gain. So I will kindle a fire in the wall of Rabbah. And I shall destroy her strongholds with shouting on the day of battle. And with a tempest in the day of the whirlwind. And their king shall go into exile. He and his princes together. So God is pronouncing judgment on nations that attacked Israel. And Judah. Chapter 2, verse 1. Thus says the Lord for three transgressions of Moab. Okay, now now we're dealing with the Moabites. Do you remember who the Moabites were? The descendants of Lot. I will not revoke punishment because he burned to lime the bones of the king of Edom. Okay, desecration. This is the desecration of, of the dead. So I will send a fire upon Moab and it shall devour the strongholds of Kirjath. And Moab shall die amid uproar, amid shouting and the sound of the trumpet. And I will cut off the ruler from its midst and will kill its princes with them, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Judah and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they have rejected the law of the Lord and not kept his statutes. But their lies have led them astray, those after which their fathers walked. Now notice their lies have led them astray it's amazing how once you tell lies your lies lead you down a wrong path okay okay you, you just you need to just meditate on that one for a while when you see somebody lying about you just know leave them alone those lies are going to lead them astray lead them down a wrong path just leave them alone so I will send a fire upon Judah And it shall devour the strongholds of Jerusalem. Thus says the Lord for three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they sell the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. Wow. (laughs) Profiteering. Those who trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth and turn aside the way of the afflicted. Now notice this. Slavery. Slavery of the poor, harsh treatment of the poor, they turn aside the way of the afflicted, a man and his father go to the same girl, Yeah, okay, that's nasty, so that my holy name is profane, fathers and sons are not supposed to be having sex with the same woman, okay, that's just nasty. They laid themselves down beside every altar on garments taken in pledge, and in the house of their God they drink the wine of those who have been fined. Wow. <laughs> what did they do in the house of God? They drink the wine of those who have been fined. Yet it was I who destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars, and it was as strong as the oaks. I destroyed his fruit above and his roots beneath. Also it is I who brought you out of the land of Egypt and led you 40 years in the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. And I raised up some of your sons for prophets, some of your sons for prophets, and some of your sons, some of your young men for Nazarites. Is it not indeed so, O people of Israel, declares the Lord? But you made the Nazarites drink wine, and you commanded the prophets, you shall not prophesy, all right? So notice, you forced compromise on the dedicated. And you stopped ministry. Now, the Nazarites, these were men like John the Baptist. He he took a Nazarite vow. These men... Never drank, never touched wine, whether we're talking about non-alcoholic or the harder stuff, either one. They never touched it. They had a Nazarite vow. These people made them drink wine, made them compromise their calling. Now It's amazing how people are forced, people force dedicated, committed people to sin. Behold, I will press you down in your place as a cart full of sheaves is pressed down. Flight shall perish from the swift, and the strong shall not retain their strength, nor shall the mighty save his life. He who handles the bow shall not stand, and he who is swift of foot shall not save himself, nor shall he who rides the horse save his life. And he who is stout of heart among the mighty shall flee away naked in that day, declares the Lord. He said, hey, you force things on people, things are going to be forced on you. Now, this is one of those things that passages you look at, you go, you know, pastor, I'm not sure I got all that blessed through there. But you know what? Everything in the scripture is written for our example. Everything, okay? Everything. Destruction of people. You, you see things here, uh, killing women with babies for profit. You see here people who were profiting off of the people of God and selling the people of God into slavery because of their poverty, extorting from the poor. You see people who force companions, force compromise on dedicated people who stop ministry. There's things here that you can see and you realize. Sin in human nature has not changed. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep serving Jesus. All right, we'll see you tonight again. Brother Pastor, Brother Pagadora is going to be preaching to you, so you're going to have a wonderful service tonight. What are you going to be doing, Pastor? I'm going to be watching and relaxing. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow morning in Morning Devotions.